You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 184. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today I've got a case study for you that I think you are absolutely going to eat up. You're just going to love it. But before we get there, let me back up just a bit. 10,000 hours. That's how long Malcolm Gladwell says it takes to become a master or genius at something. 10,000 hours. Now, if I think back on how many hours I've spent, say, on my webinars, I bet it would be maybe half that number. So I'm still working toward my genius. But I love this concept because it's such a great reminder that genius doesn't happen overnight and that it doesn't matter who you are. As long as you work smart enough and really dig in, you can make it happen. The trick is, you've got to stick with it, right? Easier said than done. And you can't let any setbacks or two setbacks or 100 setbacks get you down. That's why I love my special guest today, Luria Petrucci. You may already know Luria from the video rock star that she is. She was on my show, episode 168, The Easy Start Guide to Live Video. Now, I typically don't have people come back on my show this quickly. I mean, I don't even do a lot of guests on this show. I do a lot of mini workshops on my own. However, I had to have Luria back because she's recently had some huge successes with her webinars, and I'm a little bit biased because she used my program, Webinars That Convert, to make her webinars successful. So I'm so honored to have her on the show as she talks about her own experience and how she's used my program. So for those of you who are already in webinars that convert, but you haven't yet had an ultra successful webinar, let's say a five figure webinar, you're going to love this episode because Luria talks about taking the program and making it her own. And that's exactly what I want you to do with your webinars. Now, if you've been thinking about dabbling with webinars and maybe even purchasing my program webinars that convert, This is the episode for you because you'll get to see how Luria used my program and the areas that she found most useful to get the kind of results that she got. Now let's talk about those results. She did a $30,000 webinar promotion. And what's cool about that is she sold a program that didn't yet exist. This is something I started to teach more and more inside of my webinars program. If you don't have anything to sell, you could actually put together your outline, figure out what kind of workshop you do want to sell. And then after you sell it on a webinar, you can deliver it live over, let's say five or six weeks to those who paid for the workshop. So you're delivering it live online, not in person. So it's even easier online after you sell it on a webinar. And I love this strategy and I'm starting to teach it inside of webinars that convert. So for all of my current students, you're going to get a really extra special bonus that details how this would work, because this is actually something I'm doing more and more in my own business moving forward. 
Now, by the way, Luria is not the only one who's ever had trouble with a webinar promotion. We've all been there. In fact, I did an episode on my own challenges. It was episode number 73, three webinar tweaks that made a $62,000 difference. So you definitely want to check out that episode as well. I'll link to it in the show notes. Everything can be found at amyporterfield.com forward slash 184. All right. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's do it. Luria, thank you so very much for coming back on the show. I'm happy to have you here. Oh my gosh, Amy, thanks for having me back. Of course, I'm really excited to jump into today's topic because we get to dissect your entire webinar strategy. So thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to do so. And before we do that, take me back a little bit and tell me about your first experience with webinars, which I think was in 2016, right? Yeah, it was about a year from when when we're recording this ago. And so, yeah, it was in 2016 and I had just seen you do your webinars and I'd been on your webinars and I was like, this is cool. Like I can totally do this. I've been delivering content for 10 years and I was all ramped up. And then it completely was a failure for me. In my business, the amount of expenses that I had at the time, I needed a huge success. And the best I did was $2,700. And it just wasn't going to cut it. And so I tried it a few times. And I just came away each and every time feeling completely deflated. Like I would get all ramped up. I was excited. And then bleh like just wanted to cry. Oh my gosh. You are not alone. I know people are listening (laughs) saying me too, me too. I could totally relate. So the thing is, I know Luria says 2,700 and some of you are thinking I'd kill for 2,700. I'd love to hit that number, but it's all relative. And so in her business and the success she's seen along the way, and the fact that she's been creating content for 10 years, 2,700 was not anywhere near the goal that she wanted to hit. So it's all relative. And she felt felt completely deflated around those numbers. So with that, I want to know when you were doing the webinars back in 2016, what were some of the biggest challenges that you felt were just continuing to come up? Well, there were three challenges. So two of them I knew I was uncomfortable with. And one I discovered only after I bought webinars that convert what, that I was actually facing a challenge that I didn't even know. <laughs> you got to love that, right? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Thanks for adding the challenges. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the first was, you know, like I said, I've been delivering content. So that part of it, like I felt really confident in my ability to deliver great content and have people get results. However, the biggest issue for me was that transition to the sale. Mm. I completely freaked out about it. And honestly, my first webinar, because of that one thing, I decided I couldn't do it live. And I do live. Right? <laughs> right. Like, that is my thing. And so I decided like, I, I can't do this. I don't know. Like, I'm not confident in this at all. And so I wound up recording it five or six times over the course of the evening before just to be able to get something that I was comfortable with putting out there. And so, yeah, it was that, that transition. I couldn't wrap my head around, like, how do I sell? 
on a webinar. I think that comes up so much. I made an episode all about that. It was called how to sell on a webinar without being overly salesy because that question comes up from my students all the time. How do I transition from all this great free content that people are loving to then saying, buy my stuff? And there's actually an art and a science around that. I teach inside webinars that convert, but I did this episode. It was episode 130. I talked about it because most people, when they're just starting out with webinars, they freeze up on that part. It's so normal. So these two challenges, transitioning into the sale and actually pitching your offer, very common challenges for most people. Absolutely. And, you know, had I had what I, the tools that I had from getting webinars that convert, like had I had that originally, it would have been so easy. I would have done it well, but I didn't. And I tried to reverse engineer what you were doing and what I saw you doing. And I was like, I can do this on my own. I'm (laughs) I'm all good. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) And then the third thing that I didn't understand was a challenge and I only discovered was a challenge was my story, the story about who I am and why you should trust me. I thought I had that down perfectly. And then I realized, ah, I don't, this is, this, this is not meaning anything to my audience. It's like, okay, great. You're super successful. Wonderful for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm so glad you picked up on that point and you brought it up here because most people don't know that when you talk about yourself on a webinar, the goal is that your audience sees themselves in your story so that they could say, oh yeah, me too, I can relate. That's exactly what happened to me, or at least make that connection that they see themselves in you. And so most people just tell their story, like you said, I'm super successful, I've done this, (laughs) I've done that. They're like, yeah, good for you, but. So I love that you brought that up and that's something you were saying, you didn't know you had a challenge, but once you learned it inside the program, you realized I could actually fix my about section of the webinar. Totally. And when I did fix it, it completely changed everything. Like, honestly, starting off with that and the way that you showcase how to do that, it, I was like, oh, okay. And then my, my producer, literally, as we finished the webinar, he was like, that was the best story I've ever heard. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and when you say it completely changed everything, I love that you say that as well, because I feel that once you nail your about story in the very beginning, it's like giving you an extra jolt of confidence. Like, okay, you've got this. You're in the flow. Keep moving forward. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Because that's what I know a lot of my students are looking for, more confidence when they're doing their webinar. So when you nail your story right out of the gate, you get that little extra burst of confidence. Okay, so you did your first webinars back in 2016. You were not at all impressed with the results that you had (laughs) seen, and you wanted just to put webinars on the back burner. Oh, totally. Okay, so good. We're on the same page there. So my question for you is, Why didn't you give up? So what made you want to try webinars again this year? Well, so I was working with Michael Hyatt. I was talking to him and and he was like, why aren't you doing webinars? And I'm like, well, because I suck at them. (laughs) (laughs) And and he, you know, mentioned webinars that convert and he mentioned that that you were where he learned 
to do them and, and, and found success himself. And, and so then there was that. And plus the fact that I knew like it was a, it was a constant itch in the back of my brain. I knew that that was something that I should be doing. I just thought I really sucked at them and I didn't understand why. And then there's on top of that, I just hate not being good at something. Amen, sister. (laughs) Super competitive with myself. And so if there's something that I can't do, there are certain things that I'll just say, okay, well, I just can't do that. Like graphics design. Uh, Code a website. I can't do that either. (laughs) Okay. But then like this was one of those things I was like, no, I have to get it right. So all of those things combined, I just I bit the bullet and I was like, I need to, I need to get this program and I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Okay. So I can't wait till we get into your stats, like exactly what happened and what it looked like. But a few more questions before we get there, you pick up webinars that convert and what's your first reaction once you get into the program? Yeah, I was going so fast and I was taking so many notes because literally I decided to do this like two weeks before my (laughs) webinar. Of course you did. You're an achiever. (laughs) Not recommended. (laughs) Got a few gray hairs, (laughs) but I was going through so fast. And as I'm taking all these notes, filling up this whole notebook, I was like, wow. Like I just had moment after moment after moment of oh my gosh, I get it. Like, oh my gosh, this is, this is exactly what I needed. That's what I love to hear when the light bulb goes off and you're like, okay, this is making sense. I get it. It's finally coming together. Now I'm curious, how did the program help you with these roadblocks that you talked about, like the transition into the sales portion of the webinar or actually pitching your offer on a webinar? Okay. Can I be 100% honest here? (laughs) Please do. (laughs) I totally stole every single word. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is music to my ears. So I love, that was why I put it into the program. So you could literally steal it. (laughs) And I did. I was like, I don't know if I should be stealing it like word for word, but I felt like that's what you were telling me to do. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I didn't have time to change it up anyway, two weeks out. I was like, you know, redoing everything. And so I just, I wrote down, like, I wrote down every word that you were saying. And I like to physically write instead of type because then I really absorb it. Me too. And then I took those notes and I transitioned it into my my script of what I was doing and just made the the certain tweaks that I needed to, to, to be appropriate for my webinar. And it was perfect. Perfect. I love that. It was. I mean, I already hinted at the big success you had in the intro. So it definitely worked out for you. And for those of you who don't know what Luria is talking about in terms of she just stole what I taught, she didn't really steal it because I really did offer it inside the program. But I give a script as to how to make that transition. And I tell my students, I don't want you reading a script throughout the entire webinar. However, in the intro, you might want to read something just to ease into it. And then when you go into that sale, if it helps you, you can read the script in order to make the transition and then you can go off the cuff again. So there's a few areas that I totally get it. A script is needed, especially when you're nervous. Yeah. And I totally use that on the prompter, you know, so I I scripted the beginning and then the, the transition and the sale part. Okay, cool. Because I was not confident in my ability to, to do that with just memory. It makes it so much easier when you have your notes right there with you. So I love that. Okay. So let's talk about something that I know you felt like was a big learning moment inside of the program. And you made this connection between content and your offer. And I wanted to bring this up because I think my students would find it valuable as well. Will you share your insight there? 
Yeah. So when I started hearing you teach inside the program, I realized how disconnected my previous webinars had been from content to sale. And I I heard you say it like on your own webinars. I think that's part of what you teach on the webinar itself that it has to match. And so I thought it was, it's just a light bulb moment of when I was listening to you and how, I don't even know what it was you said, to be honest, but (laughs) I finally understood like, okay, so the webinar itself needs to completely match that sale. And so I went, I'm an overachiever. So I went full on. (laughs) And so my webinar name was five simple steps to massive lead generation with live video. And then the program that I sold was five step strategy to live video funnel to your complete live video funnel. And so the five and then the five, like I just went all out and I was like, okay, it's going to match exactly the steps I'm (laughs) teaching to the program. (laughs) Perfect. So I'm going to repeat that so that my listeners really understand what you did here because it was brilliant. So you had five simple steps to massive lead generation with live video for your webinar. And then once they got on board, they saw what live video could do for their email list and what it could do for their business. Now they're excited. And your program is the five-step strategy to a complete live video funnel. So now you're saying, if you like this and you want to put it into an entire funnel and you want me to show you how to do it, then you've got to join my program. That alignment was brilliant. Yeah. And I definitely hadn't done that before. You know, there was a tie in, but it definitely wasn't as strong. And so now I'm looking at my next webinar and how I'm going to do that. And I have that base now, right? Like I have, I, I saw how well that worked. And so now I can take that and I I think I can even loosen it up and still connect the dots. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be five to five. <laughs> right. In the <laughs> beginning, I like to be really specific when I learn something like you, yeah, but then totally. I can go branch out and do it on my own the second time around. <laughs> I get that. And I also love what you said that now you have this down. And one thing I love about learning a webinar strategy is once you do it and you get it all locked in and you actually deliver your webinar live and you send the email out and all that good stuff. Now you have your foundation. You never, ever, ever have to start from scratch again. And that's got to be a good feeling, right? You know, you've got this down. Yeah. I'm going to go into this with so much more confidence the next time around that it's not going to stress me out. I'm not going to, I know that I'm not going to walk away crying again, ever again. (laughs) Never (laughs) again. I love that. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. 
There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Today's episode is sponsored by the social media management platform Dash Hudson. In today's ever-changing digital world, staying ahead in social media marketing is more complex than ever. That's where Dash Hudson's latest social media trends report comes in handy. And if you know me, you know I love a good trends report. As featured in Forbes and Business of Fashion, Dash Hudson's free in-depth analysis reveals how a blend of organic, creator, and paid strategies can supercharge your content's reach and impact. This comprehensive report will also showcase how leading brands are perfecting the content lifecycle, how TikTok shop is dominating the social landscape, and what this means for those of us who are marketing using social media. So download Dash Hudson's free social media trends report to start perfecting your content today by visiting dashhudson.com forward slash podcast. Okay, well, there was no need to cry on this webinar strategy because you crushed it. So let's talk about the results. Break down for me what you did, what the show up rate looked like, what the conversion rate looked like, all that good stuff. And thank you for sharing numbers. I know not everybody does, but it's so helpful. So thank you for sharing these numbers. And also, before you do, let me set you up a little bit. I already mentioned this in the intro, but you sold a live workshop, which to remind you all, that means that Luria did not create the entire program and pre-record it in advance. Instead, she got a really good idea of what she was going to sell, what was included, so she could shape the offer. She put her bonuses together. She made sure she knew when the cart opened, when the cart closed, when the first workshop starts. So when you do a live workshop, typically you start it after you sell it. And every single week, and in Luria's case, for the next five weeks, her paying customers got on, let's say, a live webinar slash live training with her, and she taught the content live, which if you're just starting out, I love that strategy. Okay, so can I can I just add one more thing to that? Please, because I'm talking way too much. Come in here, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get very no. excited about this topic. No, I loved the live approach. I'd done that in one other program that I didn't sell via webinar and it worked spectacularly well. And so I knew that I didn't have time in two weeks to create an entire program and do this webinar. And so what I was nervous about going into this, which didn't actually turn out to be a problem, was that I was traveling. So after the cart closed, I was traveling for like two weeks. So I put it out three weeks. So they didn't even start the program until three weeks later, which I thought thought was going to be a problem. Whoa. I would totally think it would be a problem. Question for you. Did you send some emails out between when they signed up and when it was going to start to keep them engaged? Yeah. I not only started sending emails out, I went live in our Facebook group because that was smart. part of it. And I did some training and teaching on just small little things to get their appetite wet and kind of set them up for success going into, into that program. And a lot of people had questions that weren't 
part of the program. And I was just went ahead and answered all of those, you know, and so I just kind of went over above and beyond and tried to make sure that they were taken care of and that they weren't feeling like, okay, well, I just bought this thing and nothing's happening. <laughs> so smart to get in there. Even if class isn't going to start for another three weeks, you really showed up and over delivered. So I feel like that's probably why it was so successful. So that's yeah. awesome. Okay. Walk me through these beautiful results. So we had two webinars on a Wednesday and a Thursday in the time slots that you that you like said in the in the the program. I was like, I'm doing everything exactly as she said. Hashtag says. star student. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so we had on the first one, we had 114 show up. And that was a third, I think it was like a 34% show up rate. And then we had a 31% conversion rate from the, the 114 people show up. Okay, let's stop you there. 31% conversion rate on a webinar is outstanding. Standing. I even tell my students that if you're just starting out, and especially if you have a really cold audience on your webinar, which I know Luria didn't, she had a mix of cold and warm. But if you have a really cold audience, you might convert at like 3% your first time out of the gate. And then of course you want to go up from there, but 31% is outstanding. Can, so let's let's talk about that 3%. Please, um, <laughs> please. I know there's a story coming because she already told it to me. So please tell it. Okay. So, you know, as I'm jotting down all of these notes, I somehow wrote down that you said that what I should be converting at is 30%. Keeping in mind, it's been a year since I've done a webinar and I didn't, I don't even think I knew stats or averages at that time. And so I'm like writing all this stuff down. I look back at my notes and, and it's 30% that I should be achieving as a conversion rate on that webinar, right? So I went into this thinking, okay, I need to hit <laughs> 30%. <laughs> I mean, that is just so great. Wait, you've got to, you got to follow that up with that cool story of that woman on stage. Cause okay. it's just all what you think about. It's so good. It really is. It's crazy. So I had told you, and I told you the story that I had heard a story from that. I don't even know where I heard it, to be honest. I wish I remembered, but there was this woman who was, you know, sitting in the audience of a guy standing up on stage and he was teaching uh, how to sell better from the stage, right? So if you have a book or something that you're selling in the back, how to do that. And he said, look, average of what you should be selling is 80% from the people who are in that room. So she went away. She didn't achieve that. And so she spent the next year just fine tuning and, and tweaking her presentation and she reached that. And so that, that next year she saw him at that same event, she went up to him and she was like, Thank you so very much for, you know, teaching me this. I, I went to work. I put your work in or your teaching into action and I finally hit my 80%. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said 8%. <laughs> Those are like the best stories because oh. when you're like, okay, it just proves that if you set your mind to something and you think it to be true, you yes. can achieve it. It really goes to show that you shouldn't put so much effort and time into what industry standards are yes. or to what other people are doing. Like yes. I get people asking me, what are your live views or your engagement numbers or how long are people staying around? And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to tell you because that's not what you should be achieving. You should be going against what you already do, right? Yes. And you should be competing against yourself. Always getting better. It's so very true. Okay. So right after the webinar, how many sales did you have, which meant how much money did you make? So we had 
36 sales, like as soon as we ended the webinar for $10,016.50 to be exact. <laughs> There's your five-figure webinar, even before you started your post-webinar email sequence. Yes, I was through the roof. Star student. <laughs> I actually, I texted you. I think I took a picture of my sales. Yep. And I was like, ah, Amy, look what you did. <laughs> and I was confused because I said, wait, your your sequence has already ended. And you're like, no, this is just on the first webinar. Yeah. So that was really exciting. But you didn't stop there because you did a second webinar. Tell us about that. Right. So the second webinar, 41 people showed up. This was an addition we weren't planning on from the beginning, so we didn't promote it as much. And we had hit a 34% conversion rate on that one for a total of 4,500. So why do you think your conversion rates were so high? 31%, 34%? I mean, that's higher than the average for sure. Yeah, I, th I think there were a couple of things, honestly, with the content and matching the sale so closely. I think that helped. I think, you know, my offer of time and, and Q&As and, and being with my group helped. But I think the biggest reason was that I was on video the entire time. Okay, that's huge. We need to pause for a second because we've got to talk about how you used live video and you showed your face during your webinar. So we're going to come back to that in a second. Okay. I kind of jumped the gun. So tell me the rest of this. How many people were on your list? Uh, I had about 10,000, just under 10,000 on my list. Great. Now, for those of you listening saying, I don't have anywhere near 10,000 on my email list. Remember, you can fill up your webinars with very targeted Facebook ads and still get similar results like this. So you don't have to have a list of 10,000, but it definitely helps, which is why I'm always talking about list building. And then how much did you spend on Facebook ads to fill up your webinar? I uh, spent $600 and 48 cents on, on Facebook ads. I love the preciseness. <laughs> You're always saying to, I, I think you, you say this all the time, be, be precise. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and I can only track, I, I didn't track it very well, but I, I was able to at least track four sales from Facebook ads, which 50% of profit there. So. Right. So that's awesome. And it gets a little tricky on how you're tracking and who's on your list and who came on via Facebook ads. But $600 is a really good budget to put towards something like this. I mean, to see the kind of results you got, I love it. And the fact that you focused on building your email list, you didn't have to put so much more money in Facebook ads, which is always a plus, not always doable, but it's always a plus when it happens. And you also did Facebook lives. Talk to us about that. I did seven very targeted Facebook Live videos leading up to the webinar. And so in all of those, I was sending people to a registration link for the webinar. Awesome. And so it was very like, since my webinar was about live video strategy, I was talking about strategy on the Facebook lives. And I really fine tune, I was doing some of that before, but based on your social media marketing world presentation, I really fine tuned how targeted I was getting with those. And that made a tremendous difference to actually getting people to take action. This is a big game changer for me as well. When I'm gonna do webinars, I do some Facebook Lives before I even come out with my webinar in order to find my audience and I can retarget all of those video views when my webinar opens up. Then when my webinar is open, I do Facebook Lives and the call to action is sign up for my webinar. And I'm really specific about the content I teach, making sure it's aligned with the webinar and eventually aligned with what I'm going to sell. So I feel like you really nailed it with your Facebook lives. 
Yeah. And and so that was one thing. And we do the same thing with like building custom audiences based on who's watching our live videos and then target them with the ads. And so that, that was really beneficial. And I also did three life streams, which we talked about in my previous episode that I did with you. Tell people what those are just in case they missed it. Yeah. Cause that's interesting. So life streams are from your phone. So using uh, your phone to go live. So they're more raw. They're not, you know, educational based necessarily, but they can have a little bit of education in them or it's just more fun. It's yeah. drawing people in on a human level, as opposed to the expert status that you're creating with your regular Facebook lives. If you're, if you're educating on those. Yeah. I think the combination is so good because in your live streams, you're teaching something, but in your life, L-I-F-E, your live streams, you're showing people who you are and what you're about. And we know that people buy from people that they like, know, and trust. So I feel like you're upping your game with those live streams. Hey, so when are you starting yours? Okay, so we're moving on. (laughs) Soon. They're coming soon. Uh This is a thing Luria and I go back and forth with a lot. Okay, so I know I already gave it away in the intro, but I still want to talk about it. So you did a lot of work. No one says it's easy, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. You really locked this in and got it tight in terms of strategy. At the end of your promotion, how much money did you make? We hit over $30,000. $30,000. That's to me life-changing. That's a life-changing experience. How did you feel at the end of all of this? Oh my God. I was, I was crazy amazed to be honest. (laughs) I always go into these things with a mindset of I'm going to kill this. But at the same time, I always kind of walked away feeling very deflated. And so I knew that history. And so honestly, Every time I would go into a webinar previously, I felt that nerves, right? Like I would try and have a really positive attitude and right mindset and all of that. But I knew that it wasn't successful for me. So I I kind of felt that sense of, of fear. Yes. But when I, the moment that I heard you transition and tell me why we are transitioning that way and gave me that structure at that point, that was when I knew I was going to be successful, like 100%. There was no fear anymore. And I didn't know how successful. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very successful. (laughs) But I knew at that point that I was going to walk away with results. And so I I just want to thank you for that because that changed my world. So very cool. But yeah, I mean, like we were jumping up and down and having a grand old party. Good. There was a little <laughs> celebration. I like it. Definitely. I do think we need to do more celebrating at the end of webinars for sure. Even when they're not successful, they're a lot of work. So I think we have to celebrate regardless. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. 
So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Now, I know along the way you made a few distinctions about how you should deliver webinars. And this is where I want to talk about the video. I mentioned this when I was setting this interview up with you that I love the idea of doing more live video, what I call it direct to camera, where they see your face during your webinar. So when I taught webinars that convert initially, I said, you know, I only do slides. I don't show my face and that works for me, but by all means, you try what works best for you. And then my friend Jasmine Starr started to do live video during her webinars, then Lurie did it. And Luria, as I mentioned, helped me set up my video studio. So she's been really instrumental in me doing more video. So when I saw Jasmine and Luria both do it, I thought I've got to do it. So I did it with List Builders Lab. I was on video the whole time and I know it made a difference. I know our conversion rate was higher and I know my audience connected with me at a deeper level. So I'm assuming that's what you felt as well. Absolutely. I mean, so video is the thing that I've done for 10 years, 11 years. And so like I going into a webinar with just voiceover, I wasn't comfortable with that, you know? And so I really wanted to add what I call our magic to it, you yeah. know, the, the ability to put together a high quality video, you know, f- Facebook live or webinar or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we have that technical expertise. And so I wanted to put that into action. And I know that when I am on video, people connect to me on a very deep level, like you just said, and that's been a strength of mine of delivering content through video. And I'm not saying that you have to be good at it, but I knew that that's where I needed to be. And so that's why we did it. But I I don't even care if you're not good on camera, just having the ability to connect and to see, especially during that sale, if people can't see you, it's all up to their imagination at that point. Exactly. So it's so incredibly valuable for people to connect with you. And because video is becoming more and more popular around all social media channels, people are very used to seeing video now. They want to see your face. Yeah. So tell me this. Do you think you should be on video the entire time or how did you do it? So what we do is exactly what we do in our in our Facebook lives or any of our live streams, which is we pop back and forth. So we go from full screen, me on full screen to a pip, a picture in picture where you see both my video and the slide, and then it goes full screen to the slide. So it's like rotating back and forth between those three, if you will, cameras angles, right? Like, so me full screen, the slide full screen, and then me and the slide on screen at the same time. So just wherever it makes sense, we pop back and forth. Gotcha. When I went full screen, it was just slides was when I was actually teaching my main content of what I promised them I would give them. So I did the picture in picture. I was on camera while they saw my slides during the entire intro. We got into the main content. I took myself out of the video. And then during the Q&A, I came back in. So regardless of how you do it, I love what you just said. Even if you don't feel comfortable on video, I think it's important to experiment with this for sure. Now, one more thing I know that you told me while we were preparing this episode was about engagement. And talk to me about 
how you engaged your audience on the webinar? So I just took the same thing that I teach for people to do in their regular live videos, which is break up the content so that you have a place and a time for engagement and so that it doesn't become distracting or overwhelming to you. And so I just took that same concept that I do in my regular Facebook lives and and did that in the webinar. So throughout the program, during the content training, I would ask a question and you actually, you know, teach that to ask a question and get people to answer it. And then I would set aside a specific time in my brain, at least to answer those questions or to respond to people. And it doesn't have to be very long, 30 seconds, a minute of just touching base with them. It goes a long way. It really does. I was telling Luria that when I did the List Builders Lab live webinar just recently, I used Zoom this time. I usually use GoToWebinar, but I experimented with Zoom and I accidentally left the chat open. (laughs) And when you leave a Zoom chat open, everybody can talk to everybody. And I typically think that's a bad idea. It's distracting. People aren't paying attention. They're posting silly stuff that have nothing to do with your content. And if they don't pay attention during the content, they're not going to be totally engaged when you're ready to sell. So I usually take that chat box down, put it back up when I'm ready to go in the Q&A. We accidentally left it open. However, this is what's so great about experimenting and doing things different like Luria tried with doing live video is that it was pleasantly a great exercise to see how people engage in that chat. They were helpful with each other. They kept people on point if they missed one of my lessons or one of my key strategies I taught. So everyone was really great. And Luria reminded me, she's like, it's all about community. They were building a community inside of that chat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I was, I was watching people comment and and they were, I saw that same thing. They were just so extremely helpful to each other. And it's, it's amazing that this world that we live in is all about that connection and that community. And I think that that was a really cool thing that, that happened to you. Yeah. So I think I might keep that chat open. We'll see. It's all about experimenting, (laughs) which is really, really important. And Luria is a great example of that. She took exactly what I taught her was a star student. She did did it the way I taught, but then there's other ways she kind of infused her own style in the way that she teaches her students. She infused that in her webinars. But then when she does it again, I can't stress enough. She doesn't ever have to start from scratch again. She's got her foundation and she'll only make it better and better based on how she likes to do things and how she connects with her audience. So it's a win-win for sure. That's what I love about you, Amy, is that you you teach to take that strategy and and be you, you know, and I appreciate that from you because that's, that's how I always approach things. So very cool. We're on the same page with that one for sure. What would you say to anyone who is currently struggling with webinars? And I know I'm going to say, well, tell them to buy webinars that convert. (laughs) But beyond that, what would you say to someone that's like, I've given webinars a shot and I just, like you said, I suck at them. What would you say? Well, first of all, I would say, yes, definitely buy webinars that convert, but I have told so many people to do so. I love it. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think it's really important that whether it's a webinar or anything else in our business, don't try and reverse engineer stuff. Like that's what I was doing by not getting webinars that convert. It was an uncomfortable price for me to be 100% honest. And I was not sure that it would make a difference. So I was just looking at what you were trying to, what you were teaching and and how you were structuring it. And I thought, well, I'm smart enough. I got this. 
I've been doing content for so long. I can totally reverse engineer this. But I didn't understand the small details that make a massive difference. And so that reverse engineering process that we go through and that we tend to do in business a lot (laughs) is a total mistake. I mean, every time I try and do that, I fail. And it's just stop doing it. Yes. So very true. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on the show, being so transparent with your numbers and your challenges and your wins and all that good stuff. I wanted some of my possible students, they're not there yet, but some people that have been thinking about doing webinars and maybe even they've been burned with webinars to hear about how you stuck with it and what you did with it. So again, thanks so very much. Thank you for making a massive difference to my business. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's totally my pleasure. I was a tiny part of your really big success, but I was honored to be there with you. So thanks again. And before we wrap up, tell people where they could find out more about you. I'm at livestreamingpros.com and we do a live show every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific to help you use live video more strategically. Fantastic. Thanks again. So there you have it. I hope you love this interview as much as I have. It's always fun to hear from somebody who's in the trenches, doing the work, making it their own and getting really big results. Now, don't get stuck on those numbers if you feel like you're way behind ever doing a $30,000 webinar strategy. Listen, you don't know what you're capable of until you get in the trenches and do the work. I have every faith in you that you can have just as big of a success story as Luria, and I would love to feature you on my podcast. I'm going to be doing more and more of these as I start to interact even more with my students and find out all about their small wins, their big wins, and everything in between. So you just might be the next person on the show if you would like. So keep me updated on all of your success stories. Thanks so much for being here with me. I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.